Let's face it, progress in the payments industry has not always been easy. Fortunately, there are two people who've been leading the charge in making sure that payments is an industry that not only keeps up but surpasses. And we've got them today on Bankadelic, Dr. Lynn J. Baldwin of BHMI and Randall Hardy of Pulse. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights unscripted. Banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. Yet another episode in the archive. We recently passed 60 and could not have done it without you, the listening audience, and without guests like the two people we have today. What do they say in superhero world, the dynamic duo? Well, we've got them. Dr. Lynn J. Baldwin and Randall Hardy. Lynn J. Baldwin is president and co-founder of BHMI. She's been in the payment software industry for more than 40 years and has a deep background in writing software for financial banking systems as well as engineering and project managing large financial software development projects. Before starting BHMI, Lynn was the Vice President of Engineering and Operations and a member of the Board of Directors at Applied Communications Inc., which is now ACI Worldwide. Randall Hardy serves as Executive Vice President of Business Technology for Pulse. He was a leader in the inception of the Enterprise Payments Platform Project and multiple initiatives impacting Pulse Settlement, Discover Debit, and Apple Pay enablement. In addition, Randall is a lean champion and a founder of the Black Organizational Leadership at Discover Employee Resource Group in Houston. He has more than 29 years experience in payments and joined Discover in 2011 as a senior manager, settlement and disputes, and progressed to managing debit systems and payment services architecture. What a distinguished background both of you have. Randall and Lynn, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you. Thank you. Randall and Lynn, it has been a quarter century of the two of you working together on multiple projects in multiple countries while working for multiple companies. Talk about multiples in finance, right? I would love to hear some example of a project or projects that the two of you have worked on together and how it all came out. Why in the end it made a difference? The one that always comes to mind is our project that was in Canada. I remember being a very challenging project of going into another country with a limited budget, limited set of resources. And we basically had to build up a new company. At the time, I remember that we couldn't come up with a name. So we just called it some generic, you know, switch code, <laughs> which I thought was rather, you know, catchy. I was like, switch code, okay. But we had to do this project within one year. We had three months of analysis. And any delay would have automatically resulted in six months of delay. And we came together as partners, no matter how tough it was, because this was one of our war stories, so to speak. We came together and we made it happen. And I never forgot that on the night of that we switched the systems over, 
that at first there was concern that there was something missing. And then the next morning we got confirmation that we bounced out to 0 0.00, that not one penny was lost, no issues, no problems. And it took the hard work by Lynn Baldwin's team and everybody coming together with that focus that we really wanted this to work for our customers. So that was probably one of the ones I remember the most. Lynn? Well, I was thinking back, I think it was around 2005, if I've got it right, but time flies. The thing was that I had a team here that was working with Randall and his team. And luckily, we both had people who'd been in the payments industry for a long time and really understood what it took to make something work, software-wise, operations-wise, and so forth. But I think the thing that stood out to me the most was our teams working together to certify in the Canadian market in about four months from when we really started to try to certify to getting certified. And we were told that that was the fastest that anybody had ever certified in Canada. So it was a really great experience. Everybody was tired, but, but I think everybody had a really great feeling that we had really truly accomplished something useful. Now, to put a fine point on it, that is one example of many in terms of how both of you achieve operational excellence in the payment industry. And boy, has the payment industry changed, not just over the last quarter century, but just even in the last year or two with the pandemic. As we're doing this podcast, I'm wondering what change looks like to you now. We actually were fortunate enough that we saw the landscape changing. We saw new types of transactions and capabilities out there. And what we did was we basically said we always had to try to stay ahead. So anytime we looked at what was coming out in the market, we wanted to make sure that we were a part of it or that we were actually challenging the market ourselves. And so a big part of that was making sure that we had the strategy to compete for all debit transactions regardless of what the type was. And that helped us adapt and grow and change so that as the ecosystems began to change and new capabilities were out there, we were ready. We didn't have to make major changes to our core systems, including our BHMI system, Concourse, because we were already at a place where we could adapt and change as the landscape came and as new types of capabilities would come on the market. From our perspective, Lou, the whole movement toward real-time payments is kind of a qualification that what we did with our product was the right thing. When we first developed our product, which was in the early 2000s, we were given an opportunity to create a back office system. And of course, everybody's back office was batch. And we said, why don't we approach this real time or near real time? As soon as we get a transaction in, we'll process it all the way through. So at the end of the day, when people always ran their big batch jobs, we would have already processed everything right up until the end of day, which people still have end of day. So we feel like we were ahead of the curve and that the industry is now understanding the real advantage that systems have where they are near real time or real time for doing processing. Everybody wants it done as fast as possible. And so we felt that was a justification for our, our product decision a long time ago. So really the constant is about change, right? It's staying ahead of the curve. It's looking at what's happening. It's 
really taking into consideration the technological explosions, and that all feeds into operational efficiency. Randall and Lynn, I'm curious whether you could provide some insights as to how each one of your companies are achieving operational excellence. We tried to make it simple for our teams to know that to be operationally excellent, there were four things that we said that we would not compromise on. And they were things that we thought that were important not to grow the company, but to know that we are running the company effectively. And so we taught our teams to have customer focus at all times. And customer focus is going to mean things like reliability and speed and the quality of the service. We also said the second was financial discipline. We always have said that we want to make sure that we are managing the costs of our systems in a way that they're actually efficient as well. That's part of it. We always taught everybody about employee respect and that we always want to make sure we don't lapse on security. So when we basically gave everybody those four pillars, we said, let's not compromise here. We felt that if we can do that very well, then everything we do after that is adding on without compromising. And that is actually helping us fuel our growth. From our perspective, which is a little bit different, after all, we are a software development company and not so much operations as a large financial operation like Randall heads up. But our core concerns are, first of all, does our software work for the customers that have gotten licenses for our software? Is it operationally easy to manage? Can we run all the time, real time, and not lose transactions? That's really key. And also, we really put a lot of emphasis on our customer support people because anybody who's running our software is in fact moving money or handling money in some way in a back office. And if they have any issues, we have to be there to make sure that our software is meeting the needs that they have and meeting the SLAs that they've committed to. So from our perspective, the customer is the most important thing and we need to make sure our teams are aligned to do the best customer support we can in supporting our software in their environments. Customer support is crucial. I think we would all agree across every part of the financial services spectrum. Looking ahead into the next 12 months and possibly beyond, we experienced that explosive growth we talked about during COVID. I'm wondering what you see as things we can look forward to in terms of continued digital transformation. What do you think is next? I think everything is next. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the technology and things are happening so fast that if you imagine something, it can be on the market in six months. Even though it may be in a small way, it's just moving that fast. And I look forward to the fact that a lot of things that we probably used to dream about, but were too expensive in the past are now just going to be standard stuff. You'll probably be able to imagine being in your car, driving home and your wife calls you and says, hey, we need some of this and some of that. And Alexa may record it and say, hey, do you want me to just go ahead and order it, pay for it on your default card and then have it shipped or dropped by the house. And those things are now real. They're possible. And the pandemic kind of sped up a lot of things that we weren't expecting. Digital transformation just went so fast, so quickly. But it also means that we're going to see more transactions because there will be more ways to actually pay for things, making things more convenient. So the ecosystem is going to grow just in general. I'm excited just because every time I turn around, I think we know everything. We know where it's going. 
something else comes up, <laughs> some other capability. And there are a lot of companies out there that are actually finding little niches and fintechs to find ways to continue to improve. So I'm excited about seeing how that is no longer about the imagination, it's actually about doing it. One of the things that has kind of struck me just recently is this buy now, pay later. We used to have things like that in department stores, layaways, and people would come in every month and pay on their goods. And after six months, they'd be able to take their purchases home. And the fact that buy now, pay later really took off for the fintechs, I found that really fascinating. And some of the fintechs that are offering that have now said, oh, if you're late on a payment, we won't even charge you extra. So I can see more and more people saying, gee, I'll go ahead and do that. My risk at doing this is really low. And I noticed the other day that a large bank, a bank is now going into buy now, pay later, which somewhat surprised me, but it is a movement in the industry. One of the things that we are concerned with, and again, our software handles any kind of transaction, P2P, B2P, whatever the transactions are, we can handle them in the back office. But one of my concerns, because I do software development and we do deliver it to people who are moving money and money is an important thing, is the security that we have to continue to work on all the time. There are a lot of bad people out there that are doing bad things against computer systems, not just financial systems. And I see that in my mind is something that we continue to have to work harder and harder on as we go forward. More transactions, more money being moved, more personal information flows with P2P payments, right? So there's a whole emphasis in the software industry about how we keep all of that as secure as possible. And there's always something new coming out that we have to address from a software perspective. So I don't know how Randall thinks that's moving in the market, but we see all kinds of breaches in places that we wouldn't have expected, not just in financial systems. How do you see that playing? Yeah, I think that things are going to change. Probably in the next year, I see that security is going to be a big part of it. There's a lot of companies that have been hit with ransomware, but it was never public. And I think that the government's probably going to take a stance and probably already has in some ways that security will be a top priority of everything we do. I feel comfortable because, as I said before, our four pillars for Pulse, security was one of them. We said we have to always stay secure. So that's one of the things we said, let's not fail there. But I do agree that there is a lot more of that happening. It's happening faster. So you have to be able to catch it, be ahead of it. But there are ways to position yourself to not be impacted greatly. And we have to make those investments. We already have in a lot of cases, and we continue to as threats emerge to make sure that we're prepared for just about anything. We were actually even talking about that when the pandemic happened. We actually had never seen one, but we had prepared <laughs> in advance just in case. And we were able to do our works and everything else, be able to respond. And we look at that with everything we do. How do we balance that with everything else? But I do see that, yes, as things are going faster, too, that's one of the challenges, how fast some of these breaches are occurring or how long they've been occurring and nobody knew it. So we have that same concern. Yeah. And as long as the bad guys are out there, it is so reassuring to know that two very good people are on the case here. I want to thank both of you so much for being on the podcast, Lynn and Randall. Here's to doing it again at some point. Yes. yes. I look forward I mean, to that. Thanks, Lou. <laughs> yes. 
Dr. Lynn J. Baldwin is president and co-founder of BHMI. Randall D. Hardy is the executive vice president of business technology at Pulse. You can look for Lynn and Randall on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. T-I-C-Bank.com. Hey, Willie, what's wrong? I don't know. I don't get any of this payment stuff, and on top of that, my mouth feels kind of dry and icky, and... Why don't you have a payment? A what? A payment. It's that little mint that freshens your breath, whitens your teeth, and helps you to comprehend what the heck an application program interface actually is. Here, have one. Okay. Wow! All of a sudden, I understand everything, and my mouth feels great! The Faster Payments Task Force, speed and swift codes, and all of that stuff, it's all coming to me, I can't believe it! Well, you can thank me later, Willie. How can I do that? Well, send me a payment. Yeah, okay, I'll get you a box of payments. No, I mean a payment. Wow! Yeah. I figured ten thousand dollars. After all, payments are refreshing graduate school level MBA oh, education in a box. And sending me that money, you know this now, Willie. Is this- As the victim of payment fraud, I'm reluctant to say it, but Bankadelic presents three bullseyes. Number one. The industry is now understanding the real advantage that systems have where they are near real time or real time 
for doing processing. Everybody wants it done as fast as possible. Number two. The fact that buy now, pay later really took off for the fintechs, I found that really fascinating. And some of the fintechs that are offering that have now said, oh, if you're late on a payment, we won't even charge you extra. Number three. I'm excited just because every time I turn around, I think we know everything, we know where it's going. Something else comes up, (laughs) some other capability. And there are a lot of companies out there that are actually finding little niches and fintechs to find ways to continue to improve. So I'm excited about seeing how that is no longer about the imagination, it's actually about doing it. And now, Louis Views. For all of the years that I've been covering financial services and been the host of Bankadelic, I've heard a lot of talk, some of it cynical, some of it annoyed, in terms of why payments in America hasn't caught up to where the rest of the world is. While it's a good question, I think the answer requires some qualification, and here's what I mean. The payment structure in America is a lot more complex than it is in other parts of the world. So while Europe has been on top of faster payments for some time, in America, it's a little bit more of a thorny proposition to sort out. That was why the government convened the Faster Payments Task Force and spent years studying the issues and tried to come up with some meaningful pathways into the future. I think those pathways are gonna work themselves out. And here's why. The explosion of technology in the last year, something that Randall Hardy and Lynn Baldwin referred to on today's podcast, is going to ensure that the rising tide, if you will, floats all boats. And one of those boats has payments painted on the side of it. We're seeing an explosion in card not present transactions. We're also seeing the way that software companies are feeding the companies that have to make the change happen on the consumer-facing side. It's all happening, it's all coming, but like all good things, patience is a virtue. Besides, with the rate of speed that technology is accelerating, we may not need to be as patient as we were in generations past. It's all happening. Can't wait to see how it turns out. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And as the feds close in on me and the other wise guys, I'll be thinking. Until next time. So long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.